Matt Step. It's March. Is this the worst episode of Tep and Step of the Year? It might be, but I'm in first place in the office pool. Let's go. <laughs> Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I am proud Canadian permanent resident, wow. the Step. Wow. Step. Is that official? Yeah, I got my PR card in. That's their version of a green card. Wow, so look now, at you. Look at me. Okay. Free health care. Okay, well, give me your what text, a world. Give me your Texan card back. Okay, sorry. I'm going to give it back. Uh, no, you can have dual citizenship. Um this is your March edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Um, and, and yeah, look, we're going to level with you. We were just talking before we came <laughs> on the air. Yeah. Our goal, we got to get through really every other February. Because normally, I mean, uh, every other February, like, you know, next year's February show. Next year's February gonna be show. going to be money. Fire. going to be money. It's yeah. going to be great because realignment. For us this year, in, tw- in the year of our Lord, 2023, tw- uh, February, March, April, and May. There's four. Those are. There's four we got to power through. Those are the finish the drill. <laughs> those yeah. are the finish the drill. We got to power through these tepid steps. You got to want it. This is, I mean, look, we understand, like, for, you, you know, the, the guys who are out there working in the weight room and stuff like that. I get it that, like, games are so far away. That like, why am I doing this deadlift right now? That's what this show is for us. It's like, mm-hmm. geez, like, all right, we gotta, we gotta, gotta find some content for you, the viewer. Need some really interesting coaching changes yeah. to happen. But we Which, got some. We got some. We got a few that I would uh, that certainly we need to talk about. And another we're, one, we're like, you know, because we're 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 in, we're not fully in magazine. We're not in the deep end of the magazine grind, but we're getting in. We're getting in the deep end. So our focus is on putting together an awesome magazine for you, mm-hmm. for you guys, which, yeah. which we, I think we will do again. I, I just got back from vacation, and whenever, like, because it's my wife's spring break, and whenever her spring break ends, and whenever mm-hmm. like coaches come back from spring break, because it was spring break for probably eighty some yeah, plus percent of the state, percent of the state um, then it's like, all right. Magazine season. These next two and a half months. It's uh, I'm, I'm now going until Mo- Memorial Day is I'm the finish line. Go, I'm going underground. So yeah. anyway, coming are, up. Are here. you off Twitter yet? No, I was thinking about when I was going to do that. Uh, maybe this week. We'll see. Okay, I'll go on my sabbatical. Uh, this is your March uh, edition of Tough and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to run through some coaching changes, and then we are going to take a look at. Uh, some of the, uh, the, the a ve- an interesting new addition to the coaches questionnaire this mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. Uh, a coaches survey, and we're going to answer the questions ourselves. Yeah. Now we're not coaches; we're no. not as smart as them, but we certainly have our own opinions on these particular matters. So we'll kick that around coming Hot up here. Takes. Coming up here in just a little bit. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, presented by Country Meats. Oh. Uh, sweet country, meats. country meats. I do miss you, Country Meats, because shout out to our friends at Country Meats. We all love the game of football, and they're here to make fundraising easy for your team. Head on over to countrymeats.com and use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. Country 
meats.com. That's right. <laughs> we'll say this. Uh, the, the large amount of country meats that they gave us preseason didn't last that long. No, it's gone. It was gone. It was gone it, during football now, season. Now, okay, it is gone. That is obviously a reflection of its deliciousness, but also we are pretty ravenous in this. In this yeah, this office, you can't put food out. It's a bunch out. of savages. Yeah. Well, Corey Hogue, our uh, non-FBS college football insider, um, his wife is a is a terrific, terrific baker. She is. And whenever he sa- whenever he comes in, he brings something that Alicia cooked, baked rather, and it's it's just. What's I mean, your favorite? I'm not a big meat pickler like that. I'm not like the only baked goods are like chocolate chip cookies. Like she brought it. in, she brought so in like some basic. pineapple upside down cake, and it was money. Anyway, I'm just basic. Um, that is. Uh, uh, but it's time for your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, and this is what I call a Matt Step time attack challenge. Oh boy. Okay, because we're gonna set a timer here. All right. Okay. All right. I'm gonna set a timer. For one minute. Watch okay. that AD that I was asking, waiting I to know. call. Watch, watch, watch her call me. He or she is going to call you here in yeah. just a minute. Yeah. It could be he. Yeah. Could be he. Could be a she. Who's to know? Could be a robot. Could be I mean, a robot. I'm waiting for the... Are we, what school district by the first robot AD? 787 yeah, The first AI AD. Yeah. AI AD. It's happening. Yeah, That's right. It's, it's happening. All right. I'm going to put one minute on the clock. And, and to be clear, let's be very real. You do not know what I'm about to ask you. No, I have no idea. You're across no idea. the room from me. And, and we've never done one of these step time attack, uh, time attack challenges. Mm-hmm. Matt, step one, one minute on the clock. It will start as soon as I finish the question. Okay. Matt, step. Name the five UIL Texas high school football programs that start with the letter Q. Quitman, Quinlan Ford, Quinlan Bowles, Quana. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm pretty confident of the first Man, four. You, you ripped through those first <coughs> yeah, four, and I'm like, uh oh, did I give them too much time? Uh, You've said Quana, Quinlan Bowles, Quinlan Ford, and Quitman. Mm-hmm. Somebody's screaming at their at their, oh, <laughs> their gosh, car radio someone, right someone now. Someone really is. Um, you need a hint? Give me a hint. Yeah, three A. Three A. Oh gosh. Do you need another hint? <sighs> Cass County. Oh, gosh. Queen City. Queen City. That's right. With 15 seconds to spare. That's right. I I need a hint. The five schools that start with Q. Uh, Because I'm always, because now this is the time of year where we're getting questionnaires in. Oh, yeah. And so, which also starts with Q. Uh, And so I'm always, for for no particular reason, fascinated with whenever we get the very first and the very last um, alphabetically in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, I, but we're done with the cues. All five have turned them in. Thank you, guys. Uh, we appreciate you turning in your, your questionnaires. If you're interested, the first, always the first, is uh, A&M Consolidated because the ampersand. But if you want to get yeah. past that, I believe See, I believe next is the Abbott. C's. I'd put College yeah. Station at A&M Consolidated. Uh, yeah. Abbott. Yeah. Abbott would be next uh, if you want to not count ampersand. And, of course, the very last, which uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to call them out, but we are still waiting on. Uh, would be the uh, uh, mighty Zephyr of the six man of the six man ranks. Although Zapata has not turned theirs in either. Those are the two. Come on, ones. Zapata. Yeah, that's the uh, alma mater of the great Marco Regalado. He went to Zapata. He went to Zapata. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I knew yeah. he was an RGV guy. I didn't know he was a Zapata guy. Anyway, there it is. Your Texas High School Fun Fact of the Week. Good job, Matt Stepp. Uh, let us know if you got it quicker than Matt Stepp did. Although he rattled off those first five, and if you knew Queen City, then you know those. Yeah, first four, I was I was on it. Queen right. City was the one I was like, oh. All, right. All right, Matthew, let's run through a couple of major coaching changes that have happened in the stead since we did our last podcast, and uh, I think we should probably start 
with uh, the biggest one, the one that you broke on TexasFootball.com exclusively. Thank you for knowing that. Um, uh, and that is uh, that John Kay has uh, has uh, left Galena Park North Shore to become the new linebackers coach at Rice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I am – this is me – I'm very interested in how the sausage is made with that type of stuff. Can you take me through when you first heard about it? What what was uh you don't have to give away the whole recipe, mm-hmm. but what was what was the timeline here? We're definitely going to protect our sources yes. here. Uh, that's what a good journalist does. Absolutely. Um so about a week before the announcement, so the announcement was made like on a Monday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so a little less than it was like Tuesday the week before, I had gotten a couple of texts that said, "Hey, hearing John Kay is in the mix for the for a staff." A de- I was just told the time defensive staff position at Rice, and uh, I think he's going in Thursday for like the final interview. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cool. So I kind of let it lie, and then on. Thursday, I started getting a couple more texts from some people saying, hey, he's there now, blah, blah, blah. Um, got a couple more texts. Things went really well, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, all right, this is this is progressing. So I'm like, I'm going to call Coach K Friday morning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, Thursday, you know, everything's happening Thursday. Busy day. You know, let him go home, let him decompress. Probably got to talk to his wife. You know, all that stuff, right? So I call him Friday morning, and I'm, I call him early Friday morning, like, like, you know, I'd say it was around eight o'clock, and he picked up second ring, and he was like, "Hey, hey, step," you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when these things happen, I can sometimes tell things are happening just by someone not answering. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Coach K's credit, he's always he always answers the phone when I call. Mm-hmm. He's always very straight up and, and direct with me. So I just asked him. I said, "Hey, Coach, um, you know, heard heard yesterday you were over at Rice. Heard things went well. You know, just kind of you know just." Just basically, you know, let, letting you know that I know. And I'll say, hey, you know, if something happens, you know, can you let me know? Um, we'd love to break that story. Mm-hmm. And uh, just tell me what time. You know, t- give me a time and a day and I'll do it. And he was very appreciative of that of that approach. And he said, uh, you know, nothing's decided. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 he, he did he did confirm he went to Rice. And he was like, but nothing's decided. Um, still thinking some things over. Going to take the weekend to think about it. All that. So I said, mm-hmm. all right. And... Monday morning at before it was like seven o'clock in the morning. Monday, he called me hmm. and he said, "Taking the job, um, it's a really tough decision. Uh, I'm going to tell my kids at I think it was like ten ten forty five or something." And I said, "Awesome, congratulations! Uh, can I get a, can I get some quotes? You know, just from mm-hmm. my story." And I said, "I won't run the story. I'll have the story ready. Won't run it until ten forty five. And he said, "Absolutely." So then we did the story, and then. And that, th- this one was a very because Coach K is so direct. Mm-hmm. It was very easy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to ha- I have to haggle and and so like with re- this Rockwall Heath thing, I've had I can't get anyone to confirm that. We'll talk about Rockwall Heath in a minute, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But with this one, it was very because Coach K is so direct and he he was straight up with me and he he never he just and I think it's because we've developed a good relationship mm-hmm. with him and he 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 trusts that we're going to do the right thing and do right by him and his program. So um, and then the next day they hired Willie Gaston and I found that out mm-hmm. basically. A little later that afternoon, when I texted Coach Gaston and confirmed that he was going to get the job the next day, and basically 
did the same thing with Coach Gaston. You know, what time can I post it? Mm-hmm. And it was basically the same time. So um, this one was a pretty straightforward one. And, it's, you know, I appreciate Coach K and Coach Gaston uh, and their candor and honesty. Do you know um – Obviously, John Kay is a, a decorated coach and is very well respected within Galena Park ISD and the North Shore community and all that fun stuff. Uh, do you know if he had some sort of sway in making sure he knew who the his his replacement would be? Because that strikes me. Now, look, I think Willie Gaston is the obvious choice to be the coach. Yeah. But I, I'm interested if 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 Coach K, if you know if Coach K had had some swing in that decision. I'm, I know I, I can I can certainly say Coach K let his wishes be known mm-hmm. uh, as far as what direction he thought the program should go. And with the program that's had that much success, why wouldn't you reward those who have been a part of that success? So. Makes total sense to me. Coach Gaston has been great, mm-hmm. um, and he's a, a North Shore guy. He's talked about he talks about that community glowingly. He's he's from there. He played there. His wife's from there. I mean, all his roots are at North Shore. So mm-hmm. it was a no brainer to me. Yeah, it, it that just that just struck me as whenever there's a hire that quickly, and especially when you're talking about a guy who's leaving. I mean, clearly, like you know, North Shore would prefer to have you know john k's a great coach but at the same time it's like i don't think they're like no don't go to rice don't go to the college level yeah. like it's, that's a hard well, and i gotta give credit to north shore isd and their athletic department and their athletic director because they they didn't make this a, this, this could have been a circus yes and we've seen school districts make these mm-hmm. things a circus they knew who they wanted they didn't waste anyone's time with with a dog and pony show or having interviews for show they said this is our guy we're hiring them, mm-hmm. and it was boom, boom. They, they made the hire, and they went after. So yeah, they credit were, to them. They didn't, they didn't waste anyone's time, and it, and it's better for their program to not do that. They were without a, they were without a head coach, quote unquote. I'm sure he was still there. Well, like Coach yeah. K was probably still there when they when they hired uh, yeah. the guy for his chair. Exactly. You know, they so were without a coach for right at 24. Hours. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that that's 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 a a textbook way of going about it, especially when you are a program that is so successful like they mm-hmm. have been. So yeah. Pretty, pretty interesting there. All right, you mentioned it, uh, Rockwall Heath. So uh, uh, Heath, we've kind of, I don't want to say we've intentionally avoided the story, but the story at Rockwall Heath strikes me as something I don't really have a ton to add to because I don't know the details. And yeah, I don't think we can add anything that hasn't already been reported. If, if, you, if you're unaware of what's, what's happened there, there was a report in, um, in J- that a workout in January uh, resulted in the hospitalization of several players. Um, John Harrell, the head coach there, was put on administrative leave. And then uh, eventually, uh, back in a couple of weeks ago, March 1, rather, he resigned. Um, Which we could kind of see that coming. The the writing was on the wall. I don't think anybody was really surprised whenever that came down, considering the circumstances. And even if it strikes me, I haven't talked with Coach Harrell, but it strikes me that even if he is, uh, it's not what is out there. Yeah, let's could, just say he's 100% cleared and there's no yes. wrongdoing. It's just probably such a toxic situation exactly. now. It's probably not good for any. It's probably best for everyone that they go their separate that ways. That they just go their separate ways. Yeah. All that is to say that Rockwell Heath is still a pretty attractive job. He was only there for one season as the head coach after Mike Spradlin, uh, you know, left after a really successful tenure there. Um, and you are all, you, you have a beat on something, but you haven't been able to confirm confirm. Correct. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So the the, the, the hire is tonight. Uh-huh. We're, we're, we're it's Monday at four fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, the hire is the board meeting is tonight. The hire is being made tonight. Um, I haven't been able to confirm directly with anyone involved who who it is. 
I have a really strong idea because because no one's answering their phone. Mm-hmm. I have a really really strong idea who it is. Uh, I th- I'll say that it's going to be a very familiar face mm-hmm. that people in Rockwall know well, mm-hmm. um, and I think his offensive coordinator will be someone that people in Rockwall know know mm-hmm. very well. So I think it's all and it's not a huge secret in the coaching community, but obviously we're gonna we're gonna do what we do and, and wait to confirm. Um, so. Hopefully, some point tonight, I will have confirmation, mm-hmm. either direct confirmation or confirmation from someone at the, that's at the school board meeting. Because Rockwall, Rockwall ISD doesn't doesn't live stream their board meetings, so I can't watch the board meeting. I can't party. They don't. No, I was shocked. They archive them, bro. What they don't? That strikes <laughs> they me. They don't archive their school board meetings. There's, I mean, I've watched I mean, the archive. They don't. They don't live stream them. So I was, I was ready to party. I've watched tonight. live streams of like Fort Stockton mm-hmm. school board meetings I because ready, I know how to party. I was ready to party tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think it'll be. I think what what will happen is I think the Rockwall Rockwall Heath game this year will be super intriguing and super interesting. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that's a hint, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I think. The biggest thing about Rockwall Heath right now is they, since this all went down, they haven't done offseason formal offseason workouts. Yeah, it's been over a month. Yeah, and you're you're <coughs> falling behind with, yeah, every, so, with every one of those days that goes by. So that, that's that. So just when you're talking about looking at how the district shakes out next year, Rockwall Heath's probably going to be at least early on struggling a little bit. Um, Flower Mound Marcus staying in the DFW Metroplex. Um, Flower Mound Marcus came open because of the um, the the uh, retirement of Kevin Atkinson. We talked about mm-hmm. uh, his his health issues. Certainly wishing him the best. Um, this one kind of surprised me. It's Mike Alexander moving from Grapevine to take over at Marcus. Did a great job at Grapevine. He really did. Fifty five and twenty one <coughs> over six seasons there. Um, now I know in talking with people, and I remember talking with Kevin Atkinson when he got the job there at Marcus. That he really thought he really there's that is a program that is held in pretty high esteem among coaches mm-hmm. as far as um, you know Louisville ISD is, is is a good is a good school district and Marcus just the way that the demographics break down in there Marcus I know uh, I have to imagine Mike Alexander was not was not the only um, the only person to apply. No, there were some good candidates. Their, their their list of final six candidates was a good group of coaches, mm-hmm. including one guy who won a state championship. Ooh, um, yeah, so it was a good good group. Okay. Um, Coach Alexander's done a great job at Grapevine. I think, you know, he <clears throat> been there eight years, done a really good job. Took them to the regional final one year. I think they were eleven and two this year. So great run there, at Grapevine. He, he he said it. He he always has wanted to be the head a head coach. In class six A in Texas, and this mm-hmm. was an opportunity for him to do that. Did have to move. He just right up the road. It's not far. You know, he doesn't have to move. Mm-hmm. He's getting mm-hmm. a pretty nice raise. Louisville ISD pays well, he's get, and he's taking over a program that, that's not in bad shape by any means. So, mm-hmm. I think it all, all lined up for him um, to go to Marcus, and and it was a good fit on on both ends. So yeah, it it was it, it kind of caught me by surprise, but then the more you think about it, you're more like, oh no, that that does yeah. that does make a fair amount of sense. And I think Grapevine, you know, is going to be a very attractive job. Uh, Todd Raymond, the AD there, you know, poor guy. He, he's got he's hiring both both head coaches now at Colleyville and Grapevine. They both leave mm-hmm. within about a month of month of. Not only is in any in, in indication that something's wrong in Grapevine. No, I mean, you look at Colleyville Heritage. Kirk Martin goes back home to Manville. Yeah, kind of you know made sense there. And then Mike Alexander takes a promotion really to go to Grapevine. Mm-hmm. He goes from a five eighty two to a six A, gets a nice raise. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's, it's an indication anything's wrong in Grapevine and Grapevine Colleyville ISD. I think it's just the timing yeah. and just having both jobs happen to come. Yeah, over. it would have been one of those things that like it wouldn't have been a surprise if 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 these if these two jobs the fact that they happened in 
uh, within quick succession is more kind of coincidence than it is and just those t- those job particular jobs coming open yeah um I, you know colleyville is going to hire next week um mm-hmm. next monday the board meeting uh look for a current successful central texas head coach to get that job okay there's your step tease there love it uh grapevine's just now getting started with their process um the job just posted today right after spring break yeah. um I think it's a good there's a decent chance this stays internal because of the success they've had at great and the stability mm-hmm. they've had I think there's a decent chance it stays internal, but I, I do think some good external candidates will apply. And I think Grapevine, Grapevine, Colleyville, ISD will go through the process. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to promote someone. They're, they're going to go through the process. Who is going to be now the official Canadian head coach of Tep and Step? Because... We lost our buddy, John Abinshit. He's fine. He got a promotion. Yeah, we, we didn't lose. He's going to become the assistant athletic director. Breaking John Abinshit is not dead. <laughs> he's, he's with great. us. He's, he's doing, doing well. great. Um, he's just got a, he just got a, a, a promotion. Yeah, yeah. He just got, he just got uh, But he's going to become the, uh, the, the Eagle, Mountain, Eagle Mountain Saginaw ISD athletic, uh, assistant athletic director. Mm-hmm. Um, did a great job there, uh, there did. at Boswell. Kind of handled, you know, guided Boswell through some growth in the district, mm-hmm. you know, transitioning them. Where where they 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 were six A for a point and they dropped down when when uh, Chisholm Trail and Saginaw opened up and as growth has happened again they've moved back up to six A and, and he's kept them successful throughout that time. Think of he, think of, he took them to the area playoffs uh, in mm-hmm. 2021. So um, he's had some good runs. I think he took Basel to a regional final once. They lost to Alito. Um, long run there. I want to say 17 years. He was mm-hmm. there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of stability there. And I, I, not a surprise. That he gets moved up to a, to assistant AD again, rewarding success. You know Eagle Mountain Saginaw rewarding their people, and then you know they reward Wes Weaver with the job. You mm-hmm. know they, they promote the offensive coordinator to head coach. Um, this is kind of the, the direction the wind was blowing from the jump. It, you know they made it very clear that Coach Weaver was the interim head coach when Coach Abinshan was promoted. So you can kind of tell that was the direction they were leaning, and it was going to take. Uh, someone coming in and hitting a home run in the interview process to keep Coach Weaver from getting that job. So I think he was the the smart money from the jump. Uh, I made the comment on t- on t- uh, TFT today that uh, we can now talk about the uh, uh, the old um, the old triangle. Uh, of, oh, the well known uh, triangle. The yeah. well known triangle of Burleson, El Campo, and mm-hmm. uh, New Caney. Well, and New Caney. Yeah. Like three programs that just, I mean, you just put them in the same bucket. Yeah, just roll off the, just just rolls rolls off the, the tongue. tongue. Yeah. Um, okay, so Burleson, an all star when John Kitna left to go become a head coach in Ohio? Yeah, just north oh, of Cincinnati. Yeah. Maybe send Ben, ben Baby up there to. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a, a special reporter. Um, Burleson has made a hire, and they have hired. Chad Worrell, the uh, the El Campo head coach, uh, returning back to the DFW Metroplex um, there, and another um, big name hire for Kevin Ozzy, man. He he swings, he swings big, doesn't he? Swings he? Anytime, big. There's a, anytime there's a head coaching opening, and it's an, it's Kevin Ozzy's the athletic director, you can expect a name to get hired yes. for that job. He he likes the splashy hires. He's, that's a splashy hire. I mean, they they go and they hire a, a state champion head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's bounced around, but but I, I think people know him best for what he did at Brock. For sure, as yeah. I mean, the, the run he had at Brock was yes, incredible. It was, and it wasn't like 
we're gonna look look back at his two years at El Campo and be like, well, you know, he had Ruben Owens, mm-hmm. and I mean, they did go twenty and five. Yeah, it wasn't like they were terrible. Yeah, you know, they just look those East Texas teams in four eighty one are exactly right. Good, you know, they they and they lost to Kilgore in back to back years. You know what? Well, well, guys, Kilgore's really good. Yes, you know? exactly. So I, you know, it's it's one of those things where it may, yeah, they didn't win a state championship, but they had a good run at El Campo. But you know, I I had heard some rumblings. You know, I think his mother had some health issues mm. and then he's got some new grandchildren he's a grandfather now mm. um and so you know he had some grand grandkids that were in the area I think, I think he just really wanted to get closer to home you know think circumstances in his life changed and i think he wanted to get back home and i think burleson uh was a good fit you know it'll be interesting to see how burleson to be a complete 180 man I, you want to talk about whiplash was, was slinging around we're gonna onside kick a lot we're gonna we're gonna let we're gonna let it hang uh-huh. and Chad they're, they're gonna completely it's different ball they're, control. they're going to ball control they're going to be two tight ends that, that you'll see the full house backfield you know mm-hmm. they'll, they'll have formations of the quarterbacks under center and there's three running backs yeah like they are going to run the football that's just that's just what they do and so it, it'll be interesting with Burleson and Burleson Centennial now both being run heavy kind of schemes uh, in town but you know, a good hire for for, for Burleson. Mm-hmm. I think War will be a good fit there, but that opens up a really good job at El Campo. It opens up a big job at El Campo, and that job has been filled by uh, the, the head coach at New Caney. The one coaching change during spring break last week that we had was Travis Reeve uh, leaving New Caney after three seasons uh, to go take over at El Campo. And literally, you you sent I said this on TFT, but you sent it to me in, in Slack, and I think my direct response was, "LOL, that guy can't quit for a." <laughs> I mean, yeah. you think about it. He like he had his he has best success there at Quero, leading them to a state championship mm-hmm. um, with Jordan Whittington and 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 such a, just a really great run there at, at Quero. Good years, a couple of semifinal runs too. Is, is it is it just as simple as he went? He tried the multi school thing there at New Caney, and now it's like you know what? I think I like small town life a little bit more. I think he went to New Caney, and he he they went they went eleven and one this year. They're really he good. proved he could do yes. it. Yes. But <clears throat> New Caney's got a new high school coming. Mm. So that's one thing, right? New Caney, West Fork is open, and it's going to play varsity football in 2024. So that's going to cut into New Caney. It's going to cut into Porter more than New Caney, but it's going to cut into New Caney a little bit. So you got that. And then you have his brother just got the job at Victoria East. His brother was the New Caney offensive coordinator, Charlie, Charlie Reeve. Um, he got the Victoria East job. And so he's gone. And I think Travis Reeve, who's also f- from Victoria, mm-hmm. saw this El Campo job open up. And he's like, you know what? It's a really good 4A job. I can be the AD again. Mm-hmm. My brother's already in Victoria. All my, my dad, my parents are in Victoria. Mm-hmm. El Campo's right down the road. I can be close to my brother, close to my parents. And this is a, and guess what, guys? We can go to El, El Campo's not broken. No. We can go into El Campo and, and have a really good team right away. And yeah. so I think it all lined up. And, I, and, the, El Campo didn't didn't waste much time in themselves. No, it was not. I would. I think it was like eight calendar days that El wow. Campo from the day Warrell resigned to the day that um that uh, Chet that Travis Travis Reeve. Reeve got the job. Okay, so let's now kind of go south a little bit, and I think so. The story at Alice is really interesting. Kyle Atwood leaves. Uh, goes and stays at Grant Freeman's house for a couple of days while yeah. he's getting the holiday job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think he's still staying there, actually. He's still staying there. Well, yeah, I think he's still there. <laughs> just, 
just the squ- squatting. How do you Grant Freeman's <laughs> wife feeling about things right now? Just squatting in their it's house. Like, get rid of this guy. Um, and so that opens paying rent at that one. opens up the job at Alice, and I think this is the perfect example of a job of of a hire that might fly under people's radar. But Alice hires J.R. Castellano mm-hmm. out of Taft, and I think Coach Castellano did a terrific job at oh, yeah. Taft. He took them to the regional semifinals for the first time since 1982 last year. I mean, he took a, he took a program that's just kind of been okay, right? And he really took them to the next yeah. level. I think this is a really inspired hire from Alice. Yeah, and Castellano, Refugio guy, you know, he's been a finalist for the Alice job twice. Is that right? Yes. It's, it's almost like he... he clearly wanted this job yeah. and the two times he was a finalist he, he didn't have any head coaching experience mm-hmm. he was an assistant and so for him he gets to taft and he kills it at taft they go 10 and 3 this year mm-hmm. they, you know, his four years they, they, they get a little bit better each year done a heck of a job there it was the right time and the right hire and he, this is the guy who wants to be an alice you yeah. know that was the one thing that Al, you know coach atwood coach atwood's a good coach but he, 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 I don't think he really, you know, once his he, his wife is, is works at Angelo State, so his kind of, family is kind of separated, and I think he he had been looking to get back to West Texas, you know, kind of that that area, and Holiday mm-hmm. kind of fits where he was looking to get to. Castiano wants to be in Alice, and I think that that the people in Alice are gonna they, they appreciate yeah. that, and I think they're gonna now the the. The thing about Alice is that's a rabid fan base, and yes. they're not gonna. You know, the honeymoon period is not gonna last too you, long. You win, start winning. Yeah, you win, but, or they're gonna. But be right now, it's great or. because he wants to be there. He's he's fired up to be a coyote, and they're happy to have him. So, and I think he's done a good job. I think it's a good hire for Alice. Let me, they did a great job. He took over a, a, a position. He took over a, a Taft squad that had won three games in their previous two years before he mm-hmm. arrived, and then he goes four wins, eight wins, eight wins, ten wins. That's that's impressive stuff there. Um, Viter, uh, shout out to Hudson Standish. Viter is uh, came open after uh, Jeff Matthews uh, stepped down. He's going to go into a career outside of uh, outside of education. Yeah, uh, another. I think he's like doing sales or something. Another savvy hire uh, as they hired Dwayne Dubois, yep. the uh, the offensive co- or a former offensive coordinator there at Viter. He was a head coach at Harden Jefferson and in Bridge, Bridge City. City. Most importantly. Slotty guy. Slotty guy. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're they're not, not gonna deviate from what they've done. That's that's. They feel like has worked for them and gives them the best chance to win. Dubois is a slot T guy. You know the slot T is known as more of a South Texas offense, but mm-hmm. there's a there's a group in the Golden Triangle that's slot T too. Mm-hmm. You know Orangefield and and mm-hmm. Vider, and then when Dubois was at Bridge City, there there was some slot T influence in the Golden Triangle. So that that that'll keep going. That that'll continue in Vider, and I expect. Um, Vider to kind of again, you know, Lumberton kind of the last couple of years in that district. You know, two years ago when when uh, Eric Peavy got to Little Cypress Mauriceville, they popped up and had a great year. Mm-hmm. Last year it was Lumberton who popped up and had a great year. You know, who's next in that district is going to yeah. pop up and have a great year? Is it going to be Vider? Is it going to be somebody, or or is LCM or 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 um, Lumberton going to going to rise up? Yeah, again? rise up again. So, mm-hmm. um, interesting to see in that district, but I expect Vider to be right in that mix that once is again. A, that is a wild ass district. It's always yeah. it's all like. I would bet that if you go look over the course of our predictions in the magazine, that might be the district we get. Like we have the oh, worst. Well, twenty twenty, Livingston won it. Remember, yeah. Livingston won it in twenty twenty. Nowhere, yeah, Livingston came out of nowhere. Yeah. So, um, out west, Midland Greenwood, uh, Rusty Purser uh, stepped down after four years. He had a really nice run, especially the tw- uh, twenty nineteen squad. Yeah, first uh, year they went to the semifinals. Yeah, they uh, they they have hired uh, Abilene Wiley defense coordinator Brian Hill to be their new head coach, and I know you caught up with him for TexasFootball.com. 
yeah, uh, Coach Hill, you know, Abilene Wiley was his first high school job. You know, he was kind of with Charlie Strong. You know, he, mm-hmm. was, he was at Texas with Strong, went to South Florida with Coach Strong, was the DB coach there at South Florida. And then, you know, when COVID kind of hit and the world kind of shut down, I guess he, him and his wife decided that they wanted to get back closer to home and get back to Texas. And he, you know, hooked on at Abilene Wiley right as Hugh Sandifer was leaving and, and – and did a great job. You know, Abilene Wiley, a couple of years they've struggled, but they had a great year this year. They went to the to the mm-hmm. regional – they went to the regional final? That sounds right. I think they were regional Maybe, finalists. Yeah, yeah they, they had a great year at Abilene Wiley this year, and he, his defense, they were, they were a big part of that. And so he gets rewarded. Um, gets a good job at Midland Greenwood. I think Greenwood's a good fit for him mm-hmm. and, and his family. Um, you know, he's from Lano, which, you know, there's – too many Lano people in high school football already, and now one person from Lano I like. Yeah, it's Matt Green. Yeah. That's it. Well, I guess we like Coach Hill now. Trisha Pickle. Yeah, Trish and LP are cool. Trish and LP. I like Jake. Yeah, Jake's cool. Chicken. Actually, you know what? I like most people. Chickens from Lano. Yeah. I like most people from Lano. There's I like Cooper's one, Barbecue. There's just one. There's just one out. <laughs> there's just one that sticks out, right? Yeah. I don't know who that could be. Out east, uh, Mount Vernon's made a hire. Um, and if you were worried that Mount Vernon was going to go to the slot tee, uh, no. rest rest easy. Uh, they've hired Clayton George, uh, yes. the Plano office coordinator. And Clayton George, best known as kind of being Todd Dodge's right-hand man mm-hmm. for a long time. Um they are not going to run the slot T. They, they are not. They are going to run That's the a promise. That's a yeah. step and step promise. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Coach George, you know, the one concern I think people have about Coach George is his head coaching record is a little spotty. He hasn't stayed mm. any one place very long. You know, he's two years at Dallas Hillcrest, one year at Haltom, one year at Tyler, Le- Tyler Lee, now Tyler Legacy. But he is an East Texas guy. His wife is from Sulphur Springs, so this works out good for him. Um, and, you know, honestly, you know, he, he – he was a finalist for the, he, he was the offensive coordinator at Plano. He went after the job was the fi- was a finalist for the job didn't get the job. So, you know he was he was looking to he was gonna have to leave anyway. So I think this works out good for for everyone involved. And I think Mount Vernon gets a good hire. And I think Coach George with his his pedigree and track record is gonna try try to keep things going. Now the thing about Mount Vernon is they're probably gonna be in a little bit of a rebuild this I year. They lose so. a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's you know. If they have a rough year, I don't think it's gonna be. Any, it's it's an indictment of Coach George so much as I think, I think Coach Willard saw the writing on the wall and got out of there. Oh, well, McKenzie McGill's gone. I mean, they've just they're 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 losing a lot of the key pieces. <coughs> yeah, of they still have the, really the, nice the, the Boone Morris kid mm-hmm. who's really good defensively, but offensively they lose a lot. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be young, young, young. Uh, okay, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to call out anybody, but which when means you, you are when you put out the big step tease for John K. Yeah, and you're like, this is like the mother of all, like, oh yeah, the, the Moab, yeah, the Moab, yeah. <laughs> there was some guy in the comments who said, "It's got to be the friends would hire," and like, oh yeah, and yeah. there's some guys got to be the friends would hire. And I want to be very clear: if John K hadn't stepped down, this would be one of the biggest hires in the in the Houston area. Yeah. But it was like bad timing, yeah. Because then, like a Tough. couple days later, yeah, I, I do remember. I think I said something on Slack yeah. to you about. It. I was like, yeah, it's definitely not it's, Friendswood. It's not guys. Friendswood. I mean, no but because they make a really nice hire in Jordan Johnson, yeah, the, they, the the guy off the corner. They bring back a, a, an alum. Mm-hmm. He's a Friendswood guy. He's from Friendswood. Most of his coaching, all of his coaching's been in DFW. He, you know, he, he played at LSU, and um, <clears throat> he. Uh, Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, he played at LSU, and um, as soon as he gets out of college, he goes to Rockwall and Rodney Rodney Webb's staff, coaches receivers. He coaches a guy named – what's his name? Jackson. He coached him. 
Oh, Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. He was like second place for Mr. Texas football. Yeah, Jackson Smith the Jigba. Oh, yeah, him. yeah. Uh, he'll be drafted here pretty soon. He will be. Um, and then Jackson can borrow some money. He, Rodney Webb goes to Denton Geyer, and Jordan Johnson becomes an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And you know they, they play for a state championship one year. They great run this year with Jackson Arnold. So uh, well thought of young offensive mind gets to come home to his alma mater in Friendswood and try to get. Try, try to get that thing going. I feel like Friendswood's kind of hit a little bit of a rut the past couple of years, or just kind of mm-hmm. things have kind of gotten stale. And I think his new ener- this, the energy he'll bring will be good for Friendswood. Yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what Coach Johnson does down there. Uh, let me see if I can m- matriculate this. Speaking of DFW coordinators moving closer to the ocean, Rockport Fulton has hired Midlothian Heritage defensive mm-hmm. coordinator Jacob Bible. Um, it, there's a brain drain going on in Midlothian ISD right now with all there these. Really is. Yeah, I Nick mean, Ward Nick Ward and, now Jacob yeah, Bible, like yeah. a lot of a lot of these defensive guys from, yeah. uh, you know, you know underrated story. How good the two Midlothian schools were last year. Mm-hmm. Midlothian High was thirteen and one, and I think Heritage was eleven and two. I wonder. I would love to really do, good year for Midlothian last year. I wonder if, as far as multi-school ISDs, if they had the highest winning percentage. There's certainly a way to look that up. There probably is. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, certainly it helps it's if they've math. got two and they're in different. It's a Math Tuesday idea. Math Tuesday. Ooh, I need a Math Tuesday for tomorrow. Maybe I will. Um, but, yeah, that is, uh, that's a big, big, um, that's, that's a big get for, for uh, as he replaces Jay Seibert. Yeah. Uh, there, Jacob Ooh, Sweeney. Mm-hmm. By the way, Sweeney, I got their questionnaire in. Mm-hmm. Sweeney brings back 10 starters on offense. And then the one spot they don't, they, they have to fill, oh, it's the coach's kid at quarterback, mm. and they bring back I think nine on defense. So Jeez. Sweeney probably going to be one of the more improved teams in the okay. area next year in Look, the Houston area. Just, for that, just file that little nugget away. Um, coach Bible, great, great hire. He's got a good track. He was at, at Alito. Mm-hmm. He was at Midlothian Heritage last last year. Um, got a little head coaching experience. He was two years at Kermit, one year at Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think he. Uh, and he he may tell you this. I, I think when he got that Kermit job, he may not have been quite ready to be a head coach. Mm. And I think he learned a lot being at Alito and Midlothian Heritage. And I think this is a good hire for for Rockport and and I think Coach Bible. You know, the one one question you may have is you know does he have ties to the area? But really, Coach Bible's not from Texas. He doesn't really have ties to any part. He's from Oklahoma. Yeah, he's coached in Houston. He's coached in West Texas. He's coached in DFW. So now he gets to coach. He's coached in Central. I think he's at Waco Conley for a couple mm-hmm. of years. So he doesn't really have any direct ties to the area. So I think it'll be a good fit, um, and I think he'll do a good job there at Rockport. Uh, I want to close a loop on something I think we talked about in the last one, which is um, – oh, no, that's that's wrong. That's wrong. Okay, finally, that last one I want to get to for, for this episode. Speaking of Kermit, wow, what a, what a pull. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kermit hired uh, John Fellows, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. our friend from Alpine who goes uh, and takes the job there at, at Kermit fi- fi- uh, following Nate Gensler. All that is to say, we now need to become best friends with Andy Smith, formerly uh, yes. the Gregory Portland offensive line coach, mm-hmm. who's now the new head coach at Alpine. That's honestly, I'm going to book him for TFT as soon as his questionnaire comes in. That's that's my... Because um, I just want to talk about Gregory Portland mm-hmm. to Alpine. Hey, honey... Um, so I how, got a, how that conversation go? I got a job, um, and uh, we're we're picking up and we're moving functionally halfway across the country. Yeah, in a lot of ways to go in, from in G Port to to Alpine. Two are there more opposite, you know, geographic oh my parts? Gosh. You're going from the coast to Big Bend. Yeah. So, but we need to be best equally f- beautiful. 
Actually, Big Bend's probably a little more beautiful. Nothing, nothing wrong with the coast. Nothing wrong with the coast. We're we're big. We're stands. We we, we do. We stand for for the Big Bend for Big Bend yes. country. Uh, anyway, Andy Smith, uh, call me. Let's be friends. Uh, Schedule Thursday game. Schedule Thursday game, buddy. That oh my gosh. Are you gonna put him on the spot like you did like you did um. Oh gosh, pickle! Oh god, we we ju- we already got done talking about Lano. We already got done talking. Ashley about Pickle just walking barged in. in, and she's shoving Greg Tepper up against the wall Ow, right now. Oh jeez! Oh, that's my arm. I only have two of those. Oh jeez! Um, so strong. Was it so when? Uh, oh gosh, Ray Aguilar. Ray Aguilar. When you interviewed Ray, shout Aguilar. out a legend, a legend, Ray Aguilar. You called. You, you put him on the spot on TFT, and I he did. came through. And he was like, "Yeah, I will." I was like, he did it. I need to, because what I need to do is I need to. I need Are to you going to put Andy Smith on the spot? Put Andy Smith on the spot. Like, do you have the courage <laughs> to schedule a, to Thursday, schedule a Thursday night game so that we can go out there and then and we can eat at Riata? Yeah, pregame and then, Riata. And then oh my Post game at and then Friday morning, eat Alicia's before we eat leave. Alicia's before we go. But because uh, the thing is, what we need to do. Well, <laughs> we need to get out there Wednesday and eat at Alicia's for dinner yeah, and then eat at Riata. Eat at their. Oh, I mean, we need a full day. I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean get absolutely. Because I, yeah. I want to go back to Marathon. I want to go back. I want to go back to some of my own stomping grounds. I mean, you know, he's going to say he's going to he's going to flip it on you. Do at, you have the courage to come to Alpine at, for a Thursday? Have you ever been to Presidio? I've driven through. I've driven the river road. Driven the river road. Okay, it's, so you've been. It to is the most beautiful. Drive it is in the state incredible. Yes. And I were like the underrated part about the river road is if you take it from Terlingua to yeah. uh, is that you end up at Presidio. Presidio rules, man. Yeah. Presidio, you were talking about this during um, during the basketball tournament um, during the state high school basketball tournament about how you wonder there was some school you're saying I wonder if they're thinking about football. Um, because they have like their enrollments, they are like one of the highest. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like uh, it was like Lufkin Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Schools like that. Yeah. Presidio doesn't have football. Presidio does not have football. They used to. Uh, but I mean, part of it is that, like they. I mean, part of me is amazed. <clears throat> Alpine is football. You know what I mean? Like because they're they are remote. Yeah, Presidio is more remote than Alpine. Yes, absolutely is. Presidio. Like Alpine, at least has like major roads going through it. Yes, and Presidio really doesn't. And Alpine's an hour north of Presidio, so yes. it's, it's an hour closer to everything. Yeah, Presidio exactly. is is as remote as it gets. Yeah, exactly. So I understand it, but it's like yeah. still be pretty dope. But because yep. because uh, they have uh, when my wife and I went through there, they have a stadium. They have a stadium. Mm-hmm. They have a because they play soccer there mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, so anyway, um, anyway, Andy Smith, expect a call. Yeah. All let's say is I'm going to try to bully so we you. We got Math Tuesday and uh, a future and, and interview. And a future guest. Up. Look at this. Seven step coming through. Look, look. Coming through. Who's the producer of TFT Dude, again? You know what? This is synergy. That's yeah. what that is. This is, this is show synergy. Anyway, there's some coaching changes. And uh, keep an eye on TexasFootball.com for some more coming down today. Yes, tonight. tonight. Yes. yes. Well, so. after you, after you, when you hear this podcast, the, 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 it may already be out. It may already so be we'll out. See. So make sure you check that out. All right, Matthew. So I mentioned this, but it is questionnaire season. It is questionnaire season. It is. And uh, on the questionnaire, for those who don't know, I guess every podcast is somebody's first. Um, the way that we get a lot of the nitty-gritty information for the magazine is from a questionnaire uh, that we send to every coach in the state. And that's how we get the stuff like, how many returning lettermen do you have? Yeah. Uh, what, you know, what, uh, what, how, many, how many starters do you have coming back on defense? Who's your JV record last year? JV record. Who's your offensive coordinator? A lot of the, the data mm-hmm. kind of breakdown of it. And so we'll probably have a Tepid Step episode later in the, in the, in the offseason about kind of breaking down some of the data with teams that have a ton coming back or maybe mm-hmm. don't have a ton coming back. Because there is a way to – That could be May. That's, uh, could it be could be May. We're just, we're just lining up. Look at <laughs> we're us. We're just lining up shows Look at left us. and right here. Um, 
But one of the things we added to the questionnaire, and by the way, we try to follow up with a lot of coaches to get kind of the, the, the fill in the gaps there, but, but that's kind of where we get a lot of the nitty-gritty information. And one of the additions, the, the, one of the things about the questionnaire is that it's our best opportunity to talk to every coach in the state. Um, because, you know, this is the one time of year where we really ask something from them. Uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like our job is, you know, we're, we're newsmen, but we do kind of, I think, try to be, uh, you know, helpful to coaches and stuff like that. I know yeah. you go you go into, you know, the, the perfect example is what you were talking about with Coach K about like, hey, when are you going to tell your kids so then I can break the news? There's a symbiotic relationship that works out, out there. We get kind of what we need to make the magazine work. They get what they need to kind of move things along and keep it. It's a relationship business. It is a relationship business. Yeah. All that is to say that with the questionnaire, it's a unique opportunity to reach every coach in the state. And so we added this year a DCTF coaches survey. Now, all of these responses are anonymous, um, but we asked coaches some questions that maybe they otherwise wouldn't. It would be harder to ask them uh, mm-hmm. as, as far as uh, what they you know, what they really think, because, you know, coaches are. A lot of these coaches are, um, they're very diplomatic. You know, they, 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 they say a lot of the right things. And so when you give them the opportunity to be anonymous, we really want to hear what you think, especially mm-hmm. with some of the more, let's just say, hot button topics. For sure. For and sure. so one of the things we did, and I'm going to kick this over to the ROF boys whenever they want, we did ask them, we want you to say how much you trust Every FBS coach in the state of Texas. So mm-hmm. I asked him, on a scale of one to five, how much do you, would you say that you trust Baylor coach Dave Aranda? Five being most trustworthy, one being least trustworthy. And then, of course, we have a no opinion because it's like if you're if you're a head coach at, at, at a small school that doesn't have recruits, you may not interface with Dave Aranda very much. But it's an opportunity. It's just kind of a little feel. It would be so random if, like, the Aspermont head coach was just like, I don't trust that Aranda guy at all. Well, he's How like, random he's like you know who I love? Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, like the cut awesome. of his jib. Uh, anyway, all that is to say that we have uh, we have four other questions that we asked them that I want to kick around ourselves because we have our own personal opinions on it. But also, I do have the the current data of oh, what we've got. Okay. Yes, we've right now a grand total Hashtag as of this moment. Five hundred and eighty one coaches have turned in a questionnaire. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. Um, the rest of you. We've gotten quite a few in today. Then chop, chop. we've got a nice little yeah. we've got a nice little bump today. They're back. Like like I told you before we came on. Coaches are coming back from spring break, and if they, they haven't checked their email in 10 days, which they probably shouldn't have, go on break, you've earned it, uh, they have like three emails for God me. damn, Tepper's emailing know, me again. Get out of here. So the first question, and so we'll, we will first answer it, what we would say is our opinion, and then what you think the coaches said, okay? And some of these will be easier than, than others. So your opinion. The first question we asked. Do you think Texas high school football players should be able to accept NIL deals? Why or why not? And this comes about because Texas is one of the uh, uh, one of the states uh, in the union that currently prohibits uh, high school athletes from mm-hmm. uh, profiting mm-hmm. off their name, image, and likeness. Florida, I know you can. Like they passed some sort of bill that allows you to profit off your mm-hmm. name, image, and likeness. Although it's, it kind of sounds like that's been a bit of a disaster over there. All that to say, Matt Step. As a high school football guy, I'm interested in what you think. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty neutral on it. Uh-huh. I would say if I if you you know put a sports gun to my head, I think if you're 18, uh-huh. 
I think you should be able to. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think if you're under the, if you're a, a child, so yeah. you should be able to enter in as any NIL. I would agree with that. But I think if you're, if you're eight, if you've turned 18, you know, which really limits it to basically seniors and, and seniors and who have me, birthdays that are early. But, and to yeah. me, I think there's a difference <clears throat> because what I don't think, what I don't think is healthy for the sport would be, uh, I'm going to pick Ruben, pick on Ruben Owens because we were talking about El Campo earlier. Ruben Owens accepting a $300,000 deal to be a spokesman for Nike or something like that. I don't know if that's necessarily good for the health of the sport, but I also don't have a problem with Ruben Owens accepting $500 from uh, Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's Chicken Shack yeah. to uh, to be there uh, to be their spokesman. Yeah, what's the barbecue place in El Campo? There's, there's a, there is a, yeah. there is a famous one in El Campo that Mike Foreman and Mike Foreman's always talking about. Yeah. yeah. So to be their spokesman, I don't have any problem with it. I think yeah. especially as especially if he's 18, it's like, yeah, go get yeah. it. Like, I think that's a that's a because he is in El Campo, he might he's more famous than the mayor probably. Yeah. Like almost certainly. And so it's like, you know, maybe you know, be able to use that. Uh what do you think the coaches said? I think it probably splits a lot really I think I this from what I've seen the younger coaches seem to be a lot more I think the old school guys are like, "No, no, no, no." I mean, younger younger guys are a little more open to it. I think overall the consensus is probably still no. Mm-hmm. Uh, allow me to tell you, um, it's a lot. Uh, it is essentially almost unanimous no. Here is like I'm trying to do some quick math because some of them answered like sure we let them do it. Yeah, but uh, it's a lot of it'll ruin high school sports. Of the, the purity of the game of of the respondents, which there were oh come on you ding dong. Um, there were about because they you don't have to answer that, um, but of the respondents, which is uh, 456 of them, I only count. Um, let's see, I only count 32 who said yes. It is it is overwhelmingly no. Yeah. Coaches do not want uh, nil deals in, in high school. And to 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 be fair, I I, I don't foresee the state legislature. No. Making any changes? To that. I, I know I there's kind of some talk about maybe making it if you're 18. No, I doubt it passes. I I do as well. All right. Um, the next question that we asked, and let me see if I can do this. The the next question we asked, and I think you I think you know, I think you think you know what what coaches are going to say, but I'm interested in what you think. What rule changes would you like to see in Texas high school football? This to me is the quintessential coaches survey question of like, yeah. how do you like what do you not like about the sport that you coach right now? Um, what do you think they said? Oh, it's absolutely cut block. <laughs> it is. I, I got to tell you, I, I again, I haven't, uh, but just kind of giving it a quick glance, the the most frequent one is cut blocking. Yeah. Um, which was outlawed recently, but yeah, that's one. Yeah. There's a couple of other people who said that um, uh, 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 kickoffs like the XFL, which I like. Um, uh, someone uh, someone said uh, a, a mercy rule for eleven man. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, I'd like to see someone give some oversight to seven on seven. See, see the UIL own it. That's one I'd like to see for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, make how about this one? This is from uh, this is uh, says make aiding a, a runner an illegal play. Oh yeah, the the Philadelphia the push. Eagles. Court, yeah, the push. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another one that I've seen a couple of times: technology on the sideline. Right now, if you don't know, you cannot have technology mm-hmm. on the sideline. Uh, you can have headsets, and that's the only yeah. functionally the only electronics you can have. Yeah, uh, no it's not iPads. like it's not like the NFL or college football where you got the iPads or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, 
Uh, is there any rule changes you would like to see? see if other Targeting, I think. I feel like without instant replay, it's really hard to for a high school football official. The flag is like I I, I get it. The yeah. flag, throw the fifteen yard penalty. That's fine. I just thought the ejection is just a little hard. There's a fair amount of that on here too. Uh, that's probably the one. Uh, yes, I'd like to see some sort of oversight on seven on seven with with coach, coaches being more involved. I don't know if necessarily UIL needs to be involved in seven on seven, but I think UIL maybe allowing coaches mm-hmm. to be more involved than they already are would probably be good. But yeah, targeting. I, I just hate to be at a game and, and a kid a kid gets ejected and you don't have the. You don't have the luxury of replay to really see if it was an intentional, you know. And we're talking about high school kids who who are just not at that athletic level. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that would be probably mine. I, I hate to see the ejection. Like I said, the flag is fine. So it's a 15 yard penalty. It's a major penalty. You know, maybe make it where if you get two targetings in a game, then you're ejected because then it's two personal fouls. You're ejected anyway. So. All right. Automatic ejection on targeting is probably one I don't like. So another another question, and this one is we're not going to get a consensus, obviously, because there's too many options. I asked them, who is the most underrated coach in Texas high school football? Okay. And then I asked them why. Uh, I did tell you this before we came on so that you could be thinking. Do you have a, a, a I have one? Two. Two? Okay, two. Two. The first one, this guy's won a lot, and he's won state championships, and I don't think he gets the credit he probably deserves. Mm-hmm. Chris Ketting at Canadian. Mm-hmm. He, he every year his teams are so good and they I, I don't like last year especially I didn't think they they would stand a chance against Gunner I thought mm-hmm. Gunner was going to roll them mm-hmm. and those kids are so well coached and do such a good job they run their system so well every year they give they they, they give they get they, them and Gunner are about as evenly matched as possible and we give Gunner a lot of credit and I just, maybe it's because Canadians up in the Panhandle and they're kind of remote mm-hmm. they, I don't think Kedding gets the credit he deserves. Another guy who hasn't won any state championships that I don't think gets the credit statewide that he deserves is Scott Brooks at Canateo. That's so funny you mentioned that. What he does year in and year out at Canateo mm-hmm. is amazing. That's so funny you mentioned that because, like, so I've got them listed and I've got them listed in alphabetical order. So all the El Paso schools are lumped together, and you look up and down yeah. and, like, Almost unanimously, yeah. In like, El Paso, he's he's the dean. Yeah, it's like Scott but Scott Brooks is, is the guy. He doesn't get the credit. Yeah, to he he took Canateo to yeah. a state semifinal. That's remarkable. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know, and, and, and you remember that game for about three quarters? They went toe to toe in us. Yeah, they were there. They, they were, were within a score. They going had. Fourth they quarter. went for it on a fourth and short. And they had a guy wide open, and if he catches that ball, I think it's, I think it, they, they tie the game up, mm-hmm. and he drops it, mm-hmm. and Ennis goes down, scores right after that, and makes it a two scored game, and it, it was over. Mm-hmm. But they went, I mean that they were that good that year, and, mm-hmm. and to do that at Canateo is, is so impressive. And I, I just and they're in the third, mm-hmm. they, they were in the third round, they were eleven and two mm-hmm. last year. Like every year, Consistent. he's got them multiple rounds. He does such a good job. Uh, I'm looking up and down here to see some ones that kind of uh, crop up. Yeah, Scott Brooks among the El Paso are like, that's the guy. Um, I'm seeing Doug Warren on here a lot, and and that's another good yeah, one. Does a heck of a job at Wimberley. He really does an outstanding job there at Wimberley year and year. Uh, Zach Head at Clear Falls has done a really nice job there. He took Clear Falls to a, a regional final in mm-hmm. 2020. Clear Falls before he got there was not good. Mm-hmm. No. He's done a good job. He, he's probably one of the mo- most underrated guys in Houston for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And let me see if there's any others that kind of crop up uh, a couple times. Um Alan Metzl at Gilmer, another mm-hmm. one that does an outstanding job uh, year in year. Anyway, we'll, we'll, I'll find a way to kind of 
gather all those together and, and put publish that. Uh, so now let's get to the main event. Let's get oh to boy. the main event, and that is the question that everyone loves to debate. Especially in December. Where should the UIL Texas High School Football State Championships be held? Now, for this one, I made this multiple choice. So you could say they should always be. So, okay, let me be clear. I limited it to the three indoor stadiums in Texas because, guys, I'm I'm sorry. They're not going to go. They're not going to UT. No, they're not going to New Not unless they build build a dome. Right. Um, They're not going to Kyle Field. They're not going to Kyle Field. So they're not going. They're not. It's going to be indoors. But I, the ones I, I gave them were the three, so AT&T uh, Stadium in Arlington, the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, and then NRG Stadium in Houston. Um, and then I gave them the op- opportunity of it. it should always be there. It should rotate venues uh, with some of with this one having the most, stuff like that. Also, I, I said it should rotate evenly, and I also gave them the option of it should return to neutral sites. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, go ahead and give your spiel about, about why it should be at AT&T, because I know that's how you feel. <laughs> Well, actually, I don't. Oh. Now, if you're asking me what I think is the best stadium, AT&T is the best stadium. Okay. If you're asking me what I would do if I, if, if you just magically put me in charge, yeah. if I was in charge, I would implement a rotation with AT&T Stadium getting more games. Okay. So basically, it would be a AT&T, let's, let's say, you know, AT&T in 2023, NRG in 2024, AT&T in 2025. Alamo Dome in 2026, AT&T in 2020. So basically AT&T gets every other year, no matter what, and then Alamo Dome and NRG every three or four years, whatever whatever it would be. So so that that would be that's be what would be what I would do. So of the respondents, and we've gotten third, we've got 491 um, of responses to, to that. Um, well, you know, quick math. Two uh, percent have said agree with you and say rotate venues with AT&T Stadium, getting the most. Um, uh, that is a little more than the same thing with Alamo Dome getting the most. Uh, things like that. The second place one. Well, let me let me tell you. Um, Twenty uh, of of the four hundred ninety-one. Twenty-two coaches uh, said return it to a neutral site. Um, the second most common response is to rotate evenly. Between Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio, I thought the neutral site would get more. Yeah, I thought so too. And uh, you know, <coughs> looking at this, because one thing we do, we are able to see it's anonymous, but we are able to see what class they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of the six-man coaches, I think, want to do it uh, on a neutral site. That's one thing that I've noticed on mm-hmm. this, which is interesting. Twenty-four percent said that they want it uh, rotating evenly, uh, but the uh, the big winner here is, by the way, only two said it should always be played in Houston. Um, but the big winner here is always be played at AT&C Stadium in Arlington with a whopping 65% of respondents mm-hmm. saying that it should be in Arlington. It's not a surprise. Uh, I, I just think, first of all, place to do it. It's, it is, we, did the, we did the math. I po- posted it on Twitter and kind of got, I was kind of the main character on Twitter for a day. But True, That's exactly what you wanted that day. It is the, you know, just uh, throwing grenades, lobbing them in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the bird app is for. Um it is the like contrary to what you think. It is the most central for the most number of teams. Yes, Arlington is the most central. San Antonio is farther south than you think. Houston is farther east than you think. Like yeah. you're picturing it, it is farther east than you think, especially from you know teams from and region t- one. Especially, and then when you factor in six man, yes, six man is so heavily skewed west of thirty five. Absolutely. 
that Houston, you just it's, it just takes Houston out of the equation. It really totally. does. Um, that's part of it. I I also think for me, I think that the the, the stadium and coaches who have been there, one of the things and, and people don't talk about this is the uh, the locker room situation. Yes. That when it was at NRG Stadium in Houston in 2015. They they just do not have enough locker rooms. Suboptimal. They don't. They have the Alamo Dome's even worse. They have right to now. split. They have to split locker rooms basically. Yeah. And so, as opposed to AT and T Stadium was built with extra <coughs> locker rooms, kind of essentially for this event. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so that's part of it. The other thing, and I, I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention the idea that the fact that it's now there, I do think enough time has passed and it's been there enough years that I think people think of it as like a tradition. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think now it's kind of ingrained people in people. And let's be clear. <clears throat> I know you get some people who say, oh, well, you, know, you guys are based in the Metroplex. That's, that's like, listen, but we're going to be there regardless. I'm going anyway. <clears throat> we're going to go to the games no matter what. And, and guess you know, what? honestly, it's probably personally, it's probably better for us to have it out of town because we get hotel points. Right, exactly. Like, so, I, like, we don't care. Like, we're going to be there no matter what. Yeah, exactly. So, like, and I'm getting a hotel regardless. You know yeah, what I mean? So, like, I mean, it's not, it's not that we're, we're, our office is based in the Metroplex and we have some bias towards AT&T no. Stadium. I think we, we, I've been to all three stadiums. Uh-huh. I've been to games at all three stadiums. AT&T Stadium. Now, I think there should be a rotation just for fairness, uh-huh. but I think AT&T Stadium should get more of the games because it's the best stadium. I think that's fair. And it's the best experience. I mean, maybe you go like ABAC or something like that. Which is kind of know? what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, you know, ABAC. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, a, yeah. A, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, so we will we'll kind of gather all that data up whenever all the questionnaires and come I, in. Now, here, here's a here's a question for you. Do you think in the next ten years, a stadium other than AT and T Stadium hosts a state even for one year hosts a state championship game in the next ten years? No. Okay. I don't think so. I think the only way that that happens is if six man folks really really like put their foot down and say, no, we want to go back to Shotwell. There's a lot of six-man people that love coming to at That's the other thing. That's, is that it's like very split in that community. Yeah, it is. It, that, it, is a, it is a much bigger – like the, the split is between AT&T and neutral. It is not between um, – it is not between AT&T yeah. and They'd rather and go to Houston. Shotwell or San Antonio. They don't want to – like I promise you they don't want to go to Houston. Yeah. Like, they, like they don't want to go to San Antonio. I could see – the only way I, – I, I think you're right. The only way I could see is if political pressure – Enough politicians with juice, especially in the San Antonio area, mm-hmm. say, "Hey, we, you know, Houston had their shot. Give us our shot." Well, the other thing about this, but the Alamo, Dome, Alamo Dome's got to get their crap. That's together. the thing. Is the Alamo Dome's not one of the right now. Now I know there's upgrades coming because the Final Four is mm-hmm. coming. So that's typically what San Antonio does is that they, they, they let the they let the Alamo Dome kind of go to crap and then they make it nice again for the Final Four and they don't take care of it for five years and they get a Final Four. So. I, that's the only way I can see. Is if, if a po- yeah. politician, you know, enough politicians in San Antonio start to slander and say, "Hey, we want to, we, we want our shot. Let yeah. let us see if we can do it." Yeah, I I mean, I'd be interested in seeing it because that's the thing is if because I would say right now both NRG and the Alamo Dome are due for upgrades. They're due for like uh, like revitalization, especially the Alamo. Dome. Yeah, they got the Final Four coming next yeah. next year in two years, mm-hmm. so that they're they're gonna get some yeah. sprucing up. So. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we will put all that together whenever magazine season is over, and let you guys see what the coaches think in our coaches survey. Look at that! We made it through a March episode. Just two more two more episodes of the slog. To two go. more episodes, and then we're and then we're home free. Yes, we're home free basically. Uh, it's gonna do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you guys next month on Tap and Step. <laughs>